0: Welcome, everybody. Very excited about today's show. I'm going to introduce you to someone who uh, figured large into my experience out in the Wadi Rum Desert. You'll be seeing us. He's a principal figure in uh, the Special Forces show we did. You'll see that on Fox this January, where uh, we were essentially special ops recruits and uh, the actual special, Special Forces trainers. Uh, had their way with us, and Remy was one of those people. But we are not here to talk about that today. We'll, we'll, of course, clue you in. We'll tell you his story. But to get the full story, you have to go to drdrew.com and see the Dr. Drew podcast, where he and I review his whole story in great detail, which we'll sort of thumbnail a bit today. Remy Adelaque has a new project. It is uh, shining a light on human trafficking and organ harvesting. Susan and Caleb have both been exposed to the project and are shaken by it. There it is, The Unexpected. Uh, we're going to talk about where you can get that, where you can see that, right after this. Our laws as it pertain to substances are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? Welcome, everybody. We're, of course, following you over on the Restream as well as out on the Rumble at the Rumble Rant. And I'm watching the Twitter spaces where we will be taking your calls a little bit later. Uh, in fact, if you're interested, I don't know how we're going to parse these out. I may let you ask Remy a few questions as well. Remy Adeleke is a decorated member of the military. served 13 years as a U.S. Navy SEAL. Uh, the many extraordinary aspects about him being a Navy SEAL, not the least of which, prior to becoming a SEAL, he did not know how to swim. Unknown and uh, oh, there we go. Sorry that that keeps happening. I do that happens to me even when I put the block on my uh, thing here. Did so you shut there? off the sound? Yes, on your it's very weird. Too. There is his book, Transformed, and uh, he was indeed transformed, but um, I'm going to let him tell a little bit that that story, and most importantly today, we're going to talk about the book about human trafficking. Remy spent uh, early childhood as Nigerian royalty, he'll tell you that story, till the death of his father, uh, and then his mother came to live in the Bronx, and he has an astonishing story of uh, transformation, again, in Transformed. A Navy SEAL's unlikely journey from the throne of Africa to the streets of the Bronx to defying all odds, uh, all the way to being, you know, <laughs> to finding him in the Wadi Rum desert of Jordan. Uh, Rami adelake welcome to the program. Thank you for being here. Hey, and thank you for your service hey, as well. Thank you so much. Let me see. Let me say something. Something something you'll hear him say more than once. You'll hear this. You'll you'll hear this a couple of times uh, while we're out there in the desert with him. Uh, And uh, it's something that uh, yeah, we all pay the man. That's what we do. Uh, You know, it's interesting. I was I was watching. That's right. I was watching uh, the uh, new the new uh, Top Gun film. I was on a plane yesterday. I watched it. And I noticed uh, they, they used a familiar language when they were getting shot down in their war games. They would just go, fail, fail, fail. I was like, Ugh, fail. Oh no, what are we gonna have to do? <laughs> it's like, and then they got the pushups. Then they got the push-up. I thought, yeah, okay, yeah. I know what that is. Fail, you hear that word and you're like, oh, what's next? It's going to be something yeah. <laughs> so uh tell them if you don't mind the the again i refer everyone go to dr and get the dr drew podcast which dropped today where we go into great detail about remy's life and uh we'll get into just i said a thumbnail of it now but i want mostly today to us talk about the the movie and how to get it let's just state it up front where do they find the movie what's it about where do they get it and then we'll tell a thumbnail about you
1: uh, the movie can be found on YouTube uh, tonight at nine PM Pacific Standard Time. Uh, that's twelve uh, AM Eastern Standard Time. And um, just go to my YouTube channel, Remy Adeleke, uh, or you could just search the Unexpected Film. Uh, that's where it'll be.
0: The Unexpected Film. I'm going. I'm going to do it right now to make sure it is really easy. Unexpected. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, oh my. Well. I also just
1: have a link on
2: drdrew.com.
1: It, it, yeah, okay. If you just go to Remy Adelik, a uh, YouTube channel, just go to Remy Adelik, a YouTube yeah. channel, hit subscribe. That'll make life easier. There so, you right? go. Dies, go really go to
3: drdrew.com and we have all the links there. Okay. So we have it right, all right on your do page. do that
0: because if you if you Google, if you fill in a Google you know, search, it, other stuff starts flying in the way of it. So yeah, do that. Come to our page, link through. Or go to Remy's page and link through.
3: Drew likes to get those plugs out of the way, so.
0: Well, no, I want to make sure yeah. that you know anyone that's here hears it, and we'll tell them again, and we'll tell them again, because I want them to go see this thing. Yeah.
3: Exactly. And, well, you know, it's start it's, sure. it's dropping tomorrow, right?
0: To then nine o'clock tonight. So, is that right? Tonight? Nine o'clock tonight. Yeah. Yes. Nine o'clock so tonight. So midnight, midnight Eastern time. So it's tomorrow technically in the East. It's nine o'clock tonight here. And Susan, uh, just to put one more plug out there, you saw the trailer. Is that what you saw?
3: I think so. It, well, no, I saw the first episode, I think, or and, parts of it. It was she, very well done. And she freaked out. Really interesting. But oh, yeah, just <laughs> it, it's, it, it, enter at your own risk. You know, it's really good, but it's, it's also frightening and it's an eye opening experience. So you have to, and, you know, reality is just something that everybody needs to experience
0: well yeah. Yeah. yeah and okay let's let's talk about Remy first we'll talk about how he got into this topic in just a minute but g- give them give them the thumbnail on your story again wh- where you came from how how you evolved how you ended up where you are now
1: quick cool, quick, cool, cool i'll try to do this in under two minutes so i was born into riches and wealth in nigeria my dad was a well-known nigerian engineer philanthropist businessman you name it he did it uh, so when i came along i came along into riches uh he was also chief in the yoruba tribe which is the status of royalty Uh, However, in 1987, the Nigerian government stripped our family of absolutely everything, and my dad died days later, sending us from very, very rich to very, very poor. Uh, My mom, being an American, she was like, there's no way I'm raising my two kids here in Nigeria, so she permanently relocated my brother and I to the United States. And as I kind of began to grow up, I got involved in a lot of bad activities, started out stealing from my mom, and that progressed to stealing from stores, that progressed to stealing from jobs, that progressed to selling drugs, and then before you knew it, I was 19 and running high-level scams. I was totally influenced by the street life and street culture. Ended up getting involved in a deal with a drug dealer that went bad. Sold them some products that were supposed to last for a certain amount of time, only lasted for a fraction of that time. And uh, he came and threatened my life, and at the same time, there were people getting prosecuted and sent to federal prison for the same stuff that I was doing. But I was able to evade that. So, fast forward to June of 2002, I uh, made the decision to join the Navy. Um, couldn't swim, didn't have the academic scores, and was skinny as a whip. But I said I wanted to be a frogman. Uh, Although I had two warrants out for my arrest, which the recruiter discovered, and she took me to both judges and had both judges expunge my record, and then she went a, st- a step further and fudged the paperwork to sneak me into the Navy. She would die two years later, but it was that one act that she did for me to totally change her trajectory of my life. Uh, that she got to got to boot camp, got into SEAL training. It was the hardest thing I ever went through in my entire life. Uh, the class I don't I know, know what you're talking about.
0: about I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm confused.
1: What you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I went to, I went to uh, you guys had Buds light. I had Buds heavy, Basically, he's going to award demolition. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the class that I graduated started with 270. Only 29 of us graduated, which is the same what every class. Attrition rate is about 80 to 90%. And, you know, eventually became a frogman and had a chance to travel the world and do cool things and uh, operate and kick down doors and work on the intelligence side of things, human, which is human intelligence. So I got to kind of see behind the curtain a little bit as it related to intelligence gathering uh, in three-letter agencies and spent 13 and a half years in, got out in 2016, and that's when my journey into Hollywood kind of started
0: and i don't actually really know a lot of detail about that so i'm going to have you tell that story a little bit too but i just want to put a highlight on two things so your intelligence training you know i think is really cool and interesting and it it kind of shined through to me a little bit when we you were training us i i I could feel that understanding operating it's it's subtle but i i kind of know it when i see it number one and then number two Let's let's state that recruiter's name because that woman literally took you by the hand, went in front of the judges with you, made the yeah. you know laid herself on the line to get these, to literally say I'm going to put this boy in the navy, give him a chance. Two different yeah. judges and got them both to comply.
1: Yeah, Tiana Nadine Reyes, that's her name, and uh, my daughter is somewhat named as a variation, so my daughter's name is Siana because Tiana's daughter's mm-hmm. name is Sierra. So we combine Sierra and, and, and Tiana to name my daughter Siana and my daughter's middle name is Red. Uh, Tiana's last name was Red. So that's the way we pay homage. But Tiana Navy me Reyes. If you are blessed by my film or by the things I've done in, in this country or even, you know, by the TV stuff, just you go, give the credit to Tiana because I would not be here without that decision she made.
0: I, it's, to me, that's uh, there's a lot of breathtaking part of your story, but that, that's one of the moments where I'm like, oh my god, this woman! I mean, she, yeah. wow. So tell me about the, your career in media. I, I obviously I know know some of it, but how, where is yeah. it? Where, where's your main stuff? Where can they find you? I know you do a lot of the uh, technical advising too. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah that was kind of where I started. You know, after I got out in uh, 2016, I was actually in grad school getting my master's in organizational strategy slash business. And uh, I was at my desk one day, May of 2016, just writing papers, and my phone rang. And on the other end of the phone was a woman who worked for Michael Bay. And uh, she said, hey, Bay's looking for somebody with your background to work on Transformers the last night. And I said, sure, I I don't have anything going on. I'm just writing papers. So one day turned into three weeks, and three weeks turned into six months on that film. And that's where my career began to kind of... My life began to go down the direction of film and TV. I started consulting and acting on other projects and then that kind of morphed into writing after I wrote my book, my memoir, transformed, which I didn't have a ghostwriter co-writer, I wrote it myself. And then that kind of transposed into writing screenplays, which uh, turned into me producing stuff, which turned into me hosting stuff, which turned into me now writing and directing uh, this film uh, uh, on human trafficking and then the feature version, which hopefully we'll have them soon.
0: So now what are we doing here? Here's a, I'm, I'm looking at a three book deal. Is that still happening? You got the, is that yeah. since the original book? Wow. Yes. Yeah, so awesome. I just right now?
1: Idea that. Yeah. Well, but we, I just turned in book one, uh, about a month ago. And my, my publisher just emailed me today. The, uh, the uh, the uh, a marketing right. pitch to the marketers. So I turned in the book and we're we're done. I'm done with, with editing and everything. So that's going to be we're releasing right. that next year. It's going to be a big. Right, and you're going to let
0: me help you. You're going to let me help you push that out, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. If right. Not you
0: Dun- can make me pay the man. <laughs> Donnie, I know if I don't, I make me pay the man. <laughs> so. so look yeah. it, it uh, as i've explained to you once before there's a weird hypnotic connection that develops between staff and, and yeah. recruit so you just yeah. you, whatever you say it's yes staff <laughs> whatever it might
1: be my piazza messaged me on uh on instagram i want to say two days two days ago we we were going back and forth and the way he ended it he was like yes staff. i kind of like so, who you talking, talking
0: to me? I'm telling you, it is in us. It is in us. It's, yeah. you know, mission accomplished, yeah. guys. Let me give the list yeah. of people that are out there with us. It was Mel B, Danny Amendola, uh, Hannah Brown, Tyler Florence, Kate Gosling, Dwight Howard, Montel Jordan, Gus Kenworthy. I can explain who everybody is if you want. Nastia Lukin, Carly Lloyd, Beverly Mitchell, Kenya Moore, Mike Piazza, and Scaramucci and Jamie Lynn Spears. There's the group. There's the group of us. Yeah. uh that yeah. was the day before yeah. we went in and uh it, things started <laughs> happening
3: when your life yeah. changed forever. Uh, Danny
0: is a wide receiver <laughs> for the or I think a slot receiver technically for the Patriots Hannah Brown yeah. uh Bachelorette Tyler Florence is the uh food truck guy <laughs> on food channel Kate Gosling, K plus eight Dwight Howard Laker Montel Jordan this is how we do it uh <laughs> Gus Kenworthy is a yeah. skier Nazi Lukin is the gold medalist and um uh the the unparall- parallel bars and and uh, gymnastics, Carly Lloyd is a soccer player, Beverly Mitchell actress, Kenya Moore is housewife, and then Mike and Scaramucci needs no introduction. Uh, yeah. How long did
3: it take to cast? I mean, did they do it like Drew was thrown in two weeks before? I, I don't think
0: that you would. Do you know what the casting was like? Were you involved with that?
1: No, no, they don't no. involve I us so. at all. You know, same with the UK yeah, series. I wouldn't think it's just so. Like, hey, we just show. We don't typically we don't find out who Sue until you guys get off the bus or the train or whatever or whatever uh, vehicle you guys are getting out of. So everything is fresh for us what, what do you, don't want to research. I,
0: I totally get it. And, uh, and I will just say, I think I can say this without divulging too much. When they pull the hoods off our head is when they find out who we are. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, oh, my yeah. goodness. All right, so let's talk about uh, human trafficking. That's where I want the focus of our day to be spent. Uh, how did you get involved yeah. in this topic? Why this particular yeah. aspect of human taf- trafficking? Why should yeah. people see the film?
1: Yeah, so when I, get, when I got out of 2016, I still felt this need, this desire to serve in some way. I, I've talked to a lot of other veterans who... feel the same way when they get out that sense of purpose it's a difference between having a job and serving so i wanted to find that way and there were things different things that were thrown my way so i i I would go to inner city schools and 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 juvenile centers and talk to the kids and hang out with the kids and bring them out of the hood and take them to nice restaurants to try expose them to different things i did prison work where i went into prisons men and women's prisons and spoke and shared and and did outreach there and then uh the, the reoccurring theme that kept on popping up was human trafficking. Where And I wasn't chasing it. It was like it just kept on coming my way. In uh, 2016, I want to say, a nonprofit by the name of without permission reached out to me and asked me to be part of a rally. They had heard my story and asked if I could come help out with their efforts in human trafficking. Then a year later, Lindsay, I believe her last name is Snyder, she's the owner of in and out Burger, her non reached out to me, slave with nothing, and asked me if I would be willing to help out with a fundraiser that they would do it. So it just kept on coming up. And then uh, and then fast forward to about 2017, 2018, I was contacted by another human trafficking nonprofit profit that actually employs former special operations guys, whether you're Delta, SEALs, uh, Army Special Forces, Force Recon, and three-letter agency guys who so go into other countries and rescue kids who are trapped in sex trafficking and organ harvesting, but also arrest Americans who go down to foreign countries to have uh, sex with underage girls uh, who are traffic victims. And uh, that was a big eye-opening experience for me, especially being a father. I'll never forget, You met my wife, and uh, when I was pitched the opportunity to go do this, they sent me a video, and me and my wife watched it, and she was just like, go! <laughs> I know you're done with the seal thing, I know I told you you can hang that up, but you need to, you need to go do something. And, and so I went down there, and as I said, it was an eye-opening experience, and where the gears began to turn for me is I, I went down to Dominican Republic one year in 2018, July 2018, to be exact. And when I was down there, I was in this particular slum that, where the parents would sell their daughters to sex traffickers, and, 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 and the traffickers would take their daughters to the northern part of DR where the tourists would come. And these tourists would have sex with the underage girls we know that the profile for americans who trap the profile for men who travel abroad to have sex with underage kids are american men and so this t- took place in dr and when i was in this slum i couldn't grasp the con- concept as a father of selling my child to a trafficker no matter how desperate i was and our liaison recognized how kind of confused and perturbed i was so he pulled me aside to help me better understand. And he took me into this chapel in this slum that was no bigger than the size of three toilet stalls. And at the end of the chapel was a dead baby, six month old baby in a casket. And he explained to me that that the baby died because the mother wasn't getting enough food and water. So her breast milk dried up and therefore uh, the, she mixed formula with the local water and that's what killed the baby. And he used that as a teaching moment for me to help me to understand And he was like, this is their plight. I'm not justifying why the parents do what they do, but they're desperate. So for them, it's either we sell our daughter to these traffickers or all of our kids die. And again, that didn't make it wholly understandable to me, but it did give me a sense of a, a sense of understanding. And when I left uh, DR on that trip and got back to the States, as soon as I landed, I had vo- a voicemail um, by Michael Bay's producing partner, Mike Case. And he said, Hey, Michael's looking for you because he's starting his next movie, Six Underground, with Netflix, and he wants you to be the lead consultant on it. And it was through that conversation, that situation, I got hired into the job. But it was like these two worlds collided. In this world of human trafficking that I have been working in, in and out for about three years, and then film and TV that I had been working in during the same time. And in my mind, I was like, you know what, I can go down to South America and other countries if even here in America kicked out 100 doors and rescue 300 kids. But at the end of the day, there's going to always be 100,000 more kids that need to be rescued. What can I do to have a bigger impact? And when we go overseas to do missions, I'm sure we discussed this while we were on the show, but when we go overseas to do missions, there's something called winning the hearts and the minds of the locals. And we use civil affairs uh, uh, units as well as psyops units. And they'll go into the local town and they'll, you know, rebuild schools. They'll hand out soccer balls. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll rebuild soccer fields and so on and so forth. And to win the hearts and minds so that the locals can help us do our job, help us find the bad guy or not hide the bad guy or so on and so forth. And so that's what I decided I wanted to do. I wanted to create a film, a piece of media with, where I could put out into the, into the ether and people can watch and be compelled to do something. They can watch be shocked, and say, oh, my God, I didn't know that was happening and get engaged in a fight because it's a global issue. Um, human trafficking alone in America generates about 32 billion a year, globally, about 150 billion a year. So it's a massive enterprise on mm-hmm. track to surpass the drug trade. And so for me, this, that's where I felt like I could have the biggest impact, and that's kind of how this film was
0: birthed. It's, it's so, it's, you just you, should, you, you can't imagine how massive it is. That's wild. Uh, you know, we yeah. think of human trafficking, we mostly think about labor, sort of slavish labor, slave labor, yeah. and the sex trafficking. You don't often think about the organ tra- trafficking and, and how that whole world works. It always seems so... Uh, yeah fantastic like well maybe yeah. maybe somewhere out in the periphery but uh your yeah. your movie brings it home did, did you write yeah. produce and direct it what, what were your roles in this Yep,
1: yeah. yeah, i uh, i wrote produced, consulted on and directed the short film and you know I, I and the reason why i wanted to make sure i had my hand in it because i wanted it to be as authentic as possible that film is based on yeah. true events it's not some fiction or horror film that I pulled out of my butt. It's based off a true Ugh. events. I don't want to give away too much, but there's an event that took place August 3rd of 2014. I encourage anybody after they watch the film, but don't do it before you watch the film. Uh, you Google it after, uh, after you watch the film. Just Google August uh, uh, 3rd, 2014, and then Genocide. And, and you'll see Ugh. how that connects to the film, because there are some events that took place at U.S. Yeah. U.S. Congress and even uh, the U.N. Uh, classified as genocide. And the film uh, deals with the victims of that genocide. So it's based off of true events. It's not something I pull out of my ass. <laughs>
0: Duh, though we wish it were just that, I wish it was somebody's pulled out of their ass and not something real. Yeah, yeah, we um, yeah. we we've been doing some uh, supporting Eliza Blue, who's a friend of ours that does a lot on sex trafficking and sort of the, and he, and even when you start to raise awareness about the full spectrum of what that really is, you know this, the idea of how can I say this in a way that's accurate, that it's not just the over the top explicit sex trafficking that is is there's all kinds of other flavors of it out there that people get manipulated yeah, yeah. into and 100
4: uh
1: yeah and i know you know you brought up a great point you know and when typically as you said when people hear human trafficking they just think of sex trap trafficking for the most part yeah but as you mentioned there's sex trafficking there's labor there's drug trafficking i interviewed a guy a few weeks ago i just released his interview today on youtube he was trafficked for, he was lured to mexico from venezuela and he was once he got there with the promise that he would be smuggled into the U.S. He was put in a house with a hundred other uh, traffic victims, and the kids were used to wow. move drugs into the U.S. So they were used as mules. So that's another form of trafficking. And then obviously, you know, there's labor as I mentioned. And and organ harvesting, which the film touches on, but then you have other facets like blood trafficking. There's a story out of Cambodia, uh, international story that was on the news a few weeks ago, uh, a few months ago, of this businessman from China who traveled to Cambodia and he was essentially abducted and blood trafficked. This gang kept him strapped up and kept drawing his blood for what reasons? No one really knows. But he finally escaped. So there's all these different facets. and even this time when I even hate to use the word human trafficking. It's slave. It's slavery. It's slavery. I think human trafficking yeah. is the uh, is the PC way of saying slavery because at the end of the day, that's what it is.
0: Yeah, it is. Yeah, and and it, the and I I I don't know why it's not more uh, present um, to mind. You know, I, I it's so in the shadows, and and yet it's yeah. so big and so much and so obvious when you start looking for it, how do they keep it so thoroughly in the shadows?
1: Well, they're they're intelligent, you know, just like you know, uh, drugs, and and, and, and you, we don't see well now. Depending on what I was talking to a buddy of mine, a SEAL buddy of mine, who was in Canada uh, this past weekend, and he said that there was a law passed where uh, the, you could smoke crack out on the street and not essentially get arrested. And, and, yeah. and so, there's crackheads on one corner and, and uh, drug dealers on the other corner. And so, you know, but if we go yeah. back to the to the eighties and and and, uh, and the nineties, you know. A lot of that, a lot of the drug dealing was done in the shadows as well as, and then you go back even further when we talk about the mafia and other stuff that was done back then. All of that stuff was done in the dark and the shadows. Uh, it's, it's the thing is, and what I tried to really focus on on this film was how intricate and intelligent these traffickers are. They're not idiots. Um, as a matter of fact, there was a uh, Egypt, Cairo, Egypt is considered the organ harvesting capital of the world. And in two thousand and sixteen, there was a uh, a, a bust. Uh, of the organ harvesting ring and of, of the 45 people who were arrested, the majority of them were doctors and nurses and they also confiscated wow. millions of dollars. So you're not dealing with this, this typical criminal who's not intelligent, who's in the corner, who's dirty and that's just grimy and unmanicured. We're dealing with people who are high level, highly educated, smart, well-connected people. Um, and, and, and that's why it's able to lurk in the shadows, because of the fact that these people are not idiots. As a matter of fact, and this will be a, a short tangent I'll go on before I give the mic back to you. Uh, there's a story out of, well, we're starting to realize through source reporting that traffickers are starting to realize that it's more lucrative for them to trap traffic organs uh, and it's safer than it is for them to traffic people for sex. Uh, because on the black market, uh, a clean heart or lung can go for as much as, a, it starts at $100,000. Um, uh, a kidney or liver starts at, uh, uh, excuse me, clean heart or lung starts at $130,000. A liver or kidney starts at $100,000. And corneas of the eyes start at $30,000. So if you take a whole person, we can conservative, conservatively say that that person can go for 500,000 if their organs are sold on the black market. The average sex traffic victim it takes them years to make two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for their trafficker, for their pit, for whatever yeah. the term we're going to yeah. we're going to call on it. So it's more lucrative for them yeah. to organ harvest, organ traffic people, and it's safer because they don't have to worry about their victim being catching disease or being uh, being you know, dealing with an undercover NGO or undercover cop. So again, going back to my main point, these people are intelligent and they've really found different ways to work the dark web. I mean, there was a girl who was trafficked from a Dallas Mavericks basketball game this year. It was a national news story, and she was found on the dark web. She, she went to the Dallas Mavericks uh, playoff game with her father, went to go use the bathroom, never came back. Father went to go look for her, couldn't find her. Security went to go look for her, couldn't find her. The cops came, couldn't find her. Wow. cops wrote, it off as, wrote her off as a runaway. Um, the parents, a few weeks later, employed a human trafficking nonprofit to help find their daughter. The human trafficking nonprofit went on the dark web <laughs> where these people work and move. The dark web is real. It's interesting because you'll meet people who don't even believe the dark web exists. It does exist. Oh, and no, it exists. This profile was on the dark web. Yeah, it, her profile was right there on the dark web. She was being sold for sex. So a sting was set up and she was rescued, but she scarred for the rest of her life, of course. But these people are smart. And the, some of the traffickers that were at that house when the sting was carried out were at the game that day.
0: So we're not dealing with idiots. Oh my God. And, and it, and it just is so, I mean, you have to think in terms of who or what kind of person can say traffic, somebody for sex. It's the kind of person for whom life has no meaning. They could just as easily disassemble somebody and sell their parts. It doesn't matter. In fact, killing them might be a little more uh, humane in terms of what they're, what they're capable of doing to other human beings. Yeesh. Awful. Uh,
1: all right. Yeah, so, seen, I, Susan, god, I, right, I, sorry, I was going to say, I, uh, I, I I did a, a ride along with a border patrol agent a few years ago as I was getting into the human trafficking side of things, and you know, he's seen some horrific things. and And, and I remember one day we were, he showed me pictures uh, of of uh, two dead babies, and the babies, their organs were taken out, taken out. They were cut open. Oh my god! And the babies, the babies were stuffed with drugs in order to cross the border. And, you know-
0: Oh my God.
1: The traffickers were uncovered because the dogs went, you know, once the dogs came in and were sniffing around, and they finally realized that that baby that swaddled in the car seat is not alive. It's not asleep. That baby's actually dead. And so, We don't realize, it's hard for people to realize, especially here in America. See, I've been all around the world. I was born in Nigeria. I've seen evil out there. I've been to war. I've seen evil. And I think that the everyday average person, one of the reasons why people don't believe this stuff exists is because people do not fully understand, most people do not fully understand the depth of evil, like how evil other people can be at times. So hence the title of the film, The Unexpected.
3: Wow.
0: Yeah, Susan, I heard you reacting with the mic off over there. She she was uh, affected by your film. so Oh,
3: yeah, for sure. Do you I want mean, to react? Wasn't, I was he, just thinking. Yeah. We were in New York last week, and they were reporting a 20-year-old who had a wellness check, and they fe- went into the apartment and found suitcases full of body parts. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think it could happen here, too.
0: Well, it could happen here. But, but you
3: said it might have been some weird sex thing, but... Well, I mean, but the, but the point is, we think, aren't. Wow. We
0: we have a hard time. We think we know what these things are, but we're not exposed to it. We 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 hide a lot of stuff from ourselves in this country. A lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Death and dying yeah. is something we hide from ourselves. Violence. You know, the reality of what people do to each other. We just we hide it. And. Um,
3: yeah. Well, we're very fortunate to know. live in the United States and yeah. not have it as bad here. But I'm sure it exists. In yeah. The US well, I mean, oh, the, yeah,
1: the U.S. prosecutor, we, we pro, uh, I want to say, I, don't quote me on this, I'd have to do it, uh, have to reread up on this, but the first organ harvesting case was prosecuted in the US, I want to say about three or four years ago. So it, it has happened in the US and we know that Americans who are desperate, see, this is something that especially as it relates to organ harvesting, most healthy people don't realize when you are not healthy and you need an organ to be able to last another year or two years, you're desperate. You'll be willing to do anything. 4,000 Americans die every year because they didn't get, get a kidney in time. You know, a, a healthy I don't understand what it is to be desperate or to, to really need a kidney in order to survive, or my child needs a certain organ in order to survive. But, you know, there are people in the U.S. There's a story in, in this I'll be on this quick of a Western nation, this would be a good example of something because a lot there's a lot of stuff that is open source that's out there, but there is some stuff that's not. So uh, I want to say it was 2017, maybe it was 2012, so many years in my head I might be mixing up. But anyway, if you Google Costa Rica, Israelis, uh, organ harvesting and broker, and, 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 uh, and kidneys. All tons of articles, open source reporting to come up on this. But there's a story where uh, there was an Israeli broker in Costa Rica who was brokering kidney deals. So essentially, people in Israel who needed a new kidney, they would fly to Costa Rica. The broker would find a poor person, a poor and desperate person in Costa Rica that was willing to sell their kidney. And there was an exchange that was done. And the kidneys illegally were sold on a black market. So that's an example. You do get Americans who will travel to other countries where the the the, the, uh, transplant transplant laws are less stringent, or and 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 or where there is not as much oversight as there is in the United States. So that does happen. Hundred percent, it has happened.
0: Yeah, people. uh, Again, I think sometimes when people are desperate for an organ and they're you know when we get to the point where you have organ failure and you need a transplant, you may not have long to live. And people, when yeah. they become desperate, literally just go, I, I don't, let's just get, it. I don't care where it comes from. They don't, they don't, they don't want to yeah. know, unfortunately, yeah. and yet what they might be yeah. contributing is something awful. Caleb, do you want to yeah. react to it too? I know you were yeah. moved by the film as well. well.
2: Watch his film. That's literally what you were just saying, Drew. That's, that's, you got to go watch. Everyone has to watch that film tonight. It's, it, yeah. you're right on topic. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So There's always going to be so a whole lot of Drew people who need an organ organs.
3: In Jordan. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. Well, from from what I remember, oh, I can't go into
1: detail. He almost did though. Somebody we can't else. can't
0: go into detail.
3: <laughs> the <That was laughs> First thing I said though.
0: No, no, There's more that was more the first to be revealed. I
3: said, I said I think yeah. you might you could have left the kidney we there.
0: More to be revealed. We'll tell the whole story in January when, when we're promoting your yeah. book and uh, talking about what really happened in the <laughs> oh, desert. So yeah, when when yeah. is your book coming out again? This new book.
1: Uh, you know the publisher. She sent me a, a time frame, but she didn't send me an exact date yet. So. First thing I'm doing after I get out of is I'm emailing her so we can nail down that, that date. But it's going to be 2023. All right, good. 2020.
0: Yeah. All right, excellent. So we'll come back around and talk about that then. Uh, well, listen, my friend, thank you for all you do. Thank you for this project. Thank you for your service. Thank you for what you did for us out in the desert. Do you want
3: and to see if anybody has a question for him on the? I, I don't know.
0: How, we don't. They're not screen calls, so there's no way to really do that, is there? Unless you want to put, if you have a question for Remy, if you want to put yeah, it, put it on the read. First
3: couple things we can
0: put it on the restream, put, you know, if you're on the restream, put the question up there and then I'll call you up.
3: I on think the, they can uh, tweet it too, or make a message. Uh,
0: okay. I'll look at the tweets also here. I'm looking at that.
3: We might have a couple of questions or, uh,
0: Casey keeps saying Semper Fortis. Uh, what,
3: um, w- where did you serve when you were in the military?
1: Uh, I try to be vague, but all over the Middle East, I've been to Southeast Asia and, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> he's been he's had to do some stuff. Yeah. Um he wow, is yeah. he is married to a primary care practitioner, uh whom I've yeah. had the joy to have met. And you guys have three kids or four?
1: Four. Four kids. Three Four sons kids and,
0: and, and what are the ages? What are the ages? Uh, my oldest is eight.
1: Yeah. Uh and then my next son is seven, my next son is three, and my daughter's gonna be two next week.
0: And and his wife does a full time medical practice, which is and you're away a lot of the time. So it's insane. It's so much so stressful. And I see your kids on Instagram, they just seem great. Yeah.
1: Thank you. Yeah, they're awesome. They're awesome. They I mean they're my motivation. And they're one of the reasons why, you know, I made this film was because, you know, I wanna leave when I leave this earth, I wanna leave it better than than it was when I got here. And I know that with all of this stuff going on, unless somebody steps up and does something. And, and, and brings awareness to this cause, the world is just gonna get worse. And I don't wanna leave this world, type of world, to my kids. So they're, they're
0: my, they're my uh, big motivation and inspiration for why I do what I do. I hear you. Right. Do you wanna tell them about the school? That's great. As we wrap up here?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my school, I opened up a uh co-open, uh co-founded a school in Muskegon, Michigan. It's a school that caters to uh inner city kids. It's right on the uh it's right on the water, uh the Great Lakes. It's uh a maritime themed charter school. So uh we're open. Uh we got kids in classes right now and our goal is to raise up the next generation of leaders, take kids who come from an impoverished background and give them the opportunities that I didn't have. You know, uh, teach them how to swim at a young age. <laughs> you know, give them a great education mm-hmm. so that that way they can and expose them to uh, other realms. We're gonna have we're gonna have doctors come to the school and, and engineers and lawyers and entertainers come once a month so that that way we can expose the kids to other avenues so that they see a way out. It's
0: great. It's great.
3: I see a few questions on Twitter. So during the break, if you want to raise your hand and ask a question of Remy, we'll keep them a little longer, and then you can. Talk about COVID after that.
0: Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still a little confused how we do that. There's how, a
3: little bit. I mean, we've had a couple questions. So we'll where, be s- where? on, the, uh, on the, in the, in the comments. Oh, uh, in the comments. The, on the side. Yeah. In the, okay. Uh, I'll find out who those are. I'll look Twitter for them there.
0: Spaces. All right. Can you hang on, Remy? Can you stay with us?
3: Hey, hey, hey.
1: my time. I'm all, right. Hey. all right.
0: Hang on a few minutes. We'll take a little break here. We'll come back with some questions. Be right. All right. <laughs> For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV. It's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's vitamin C serum, infused with the purest vitamin C absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology.
3: I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me. But when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because it's so affordable and it works great.
0: and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family, dogs, cats, even horses, in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the InForce Plus Corollius Versicolor and InForce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by
3: it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me,
0: P E T C L U B 247, Pet Club 247. All right, sorry guys, we're still trying to figure out how to get uh, everyone up who wants to ask a question. You guys got to raise your hand. Yeah, Melissa uh,
3: asked on Twitter uh, for Remy.
0: All right,
1: let's get Remy in here. Remy Adela yeah. here we what go. What
3: was the best thing about being a seal?
1: Uh, the guys. The, the, the guys that I was able to work with, you know, our, our, the vetting process yeah. to become a SEAL is, is very stringent, and but it's a brotherhood. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a saying, when you suffer with somebody, you know, it's easy to reign with them because there's that shared suffering, That's mm-hmm. that shared, that bond you had that grew out of suffering. And so that was it. You know, I I've been, I was blessed to work with some of the greatest, most intelligent, unique, <laughs> crazy guys on the face of this planet. <laughs> So
0: that was it. Yeah. And and then uh, JDS is asking, how can someone help? Are there good NGOs or nonprofits? What what do you recommend if somebody wants to make yeah. a difference?
1: Uh, fantastic question, and that's why I made the film for that very question to be answered. Yeah, I made the film so that people could watch it and be inspired to do something. I spoke at a conference um, this weekend, and and the, the end of the conference was all about that. How can you help? Well, it's Do what you can do with what you have. That's the easiest answer that I give everybody. If if it's as simple as donating to a nonprofit, my suggestion is do your research. There are a lot of nonprofits out there that say that they do work in a human trafficking space and they really don't. They're just one big marketing machine. So do your research to find the right human trafficking nonprofit. Make sure that they're actually doing something with the money that that they're receiving. Uh, If you're good at admin or counseling or you're good, you know how to work the cyber web and you're, I mean, I'm saying work the cyber web, which might not be the most grammatically correct term. But if you're good at any of those things, find a nonprofit and say, hey, I'd like to volunteer to go down on a trip and do aftercare for girls or kids that are rescued out of of a a trafficking situation. If you're good on the web, maybe it's, you know, volunteering with a nonprofit to search the dark web and and to expose these these organ harvesting and human trafficking rings, not just nationally, but internationally. Uh, And if you have some type of tactical skill and you have the right mindset, I always emphasize you have to have the right mindset, because when you go into these countries and you see these things, if you don't know how to control your temper and your emotions, you will make a situation worse than it has to be. You got to remember, you're not dealing in your own country. You're dealing in a foreign country. You're partnering with the local police. And so you must be able to stay professional and maintain your bearings regardless of what you see. So if you have that ability and find the right. You can find a nonprofit that will take you in. So those are the, the four off the top things that you could do. Again, my big one is whatever it is that you feel you could do that can make a difference. For me, it was going overseas and then coming back and saying, you know what? I'm going to make a film. That's where my gift things are. I'm a filmmaker. I know how to tell a story. So let me do it that way and engage in the fight that way. So that's what it all balls down to. Find what you could do. And uh yeah. Sorry.
0: And Susan, will you put they're asking on the restream for specific links and stuff? Will you put all the links down on the restream for us? Mm-hmm. Um and the name of the film and the you know, Rami's website and stuff.
3: Yeah, like. go to drdrew.com. I just put the link on the restream, I'll put it over in Rumble. Just go to drdrew.com. Click on the link to Remy's show and all the links. Caleb has lined them all up in perfect order there. I was just wondering, Casey's saying a bunch of stuff. Did he raise his hand?
0: Uh, Hang on. Before we get over there, let me see if he did. Uh, Yes, he's got his hand up. I'll get to him in a second. One more question. I don't know if this is appropriate or even what they're talking about, but I'll just ask it. Uh, Why was Operation Talon halted? Do you know what that is or whether that's even a question that we can answer? Yeah, T-A-L-O-N, Talon. Talon. Oh no! No, Neither not not, not, uh, not.
1: All right. Not Reddit. If it's an operation, one thing I true. try to do is I try not to talk about. I'm, I've been out of the military since 2016, and you know, one mm-hmm. thing that has always bothered me, even when I was in the SEAL teams, when guys who've been out of the SEAL teams or any special operations unit goes on the news or TV or whatever, and they're talking like they're like they're in today. You know, a lot of things, tactics, mm-hmm. procedures change every year. And so when it comes to operations and why something didn't happen, I have no clue. I'm not ready in. My security clearance is expired. So I so it's hard for me to speak on stuff that I'm that I'm totally disconnected from. If that makes sense.
0: Casey, uh you're up.
2: Hey Shippy, uh Dr. Drew, uh Semper Fortis, gentlemen, Semper Fortis. Yes. All right, Remy. Um, yes. Here's the thing. I,
0: I remember uh, Trump wanting to um, uh, declare the uh, the cartels in Mexico uh, as terrorists. Yes. What happened to that? Why aren't we doing that?
1: Uh, I. In all honesty, I don't know. But what I can say is that I, as I, I think I mentioned this, I can't remember. I've done a lot of interviews lately, so I can't remember if I mentioned this earlier today, earlier in this interview. But I did interview a guy who was trafficked in Mexico. He was from Venezuela, and and he was lured there. Now, as far as whether he doesn't specify whether they were cartel, he does say that they were traffickers, so they could have been cartel, they could have been gangs, they could have been other nefarious figures. And uh, essentially, you know, there were a hundred people in that particular place. And one thing I asked him at the end of the interview, I said, what is your message to America? And his answer was, you know, you you need stronger borders. He was just like, you've created, because of the lack of security, there's this environment that's been created on the border where these traffickers are aware and they're able to entrap people. And so his message to everyone was, if you're going to try and get into the U.S., one, be safe, be smart about it, realize the risks. Of trying to cross from whatever country you're coming from through Mexico into America, and and two, you know, to the Americans, we gotta, you know, you gotta strengthen your borders because the fact that there's a lack of strength on the borders is creating this, it's creating this atmosphere. It may not be the right word, but it's creating this hodgepodge where traffickers are thriving and and they're enslaving people. So as far as that, I, I can't speak on that, but you know, uh, I know some some. It could turn political. For me, it's not about politics. At the end of the day, for me, it's all about human beings. And uh, and, and and yeah,
0: that that's the part that that I find sort of frustrating with uh, government generally. Is there seems to be yeah. just sort of a massive denial about human motivation, human reality of human behaviors, and the reality of yeah. the policies and status uh, you know of, of things like the border that profoundly affect people and they just deny it. They pretend it doesn't happen. And that's very frustrating to know that these things they're doing, I don't care what they do to correct it, but let's just be realistic about it and try to try to make it better. Whatever that means. Uh, To pretend it's not happening. It just, God knows it's it's the same thing. I look at our streets here in Los Angeles, the same idea. They're just, it's not happening. Well, it is and hundreds of thousands of people are paying the price.
3: I didn't vote for desperate, I I couldn't, yeah i couldn't understand why after all the work we went through to put up the you know the wall it just came right down the minute we changed into a new that's why
0: government is no but
3: why and now we have all these problems like it it actually did make sense i mean i hate to admit it you know but um you know protecting this country is really a good idea and these people are just like you know they're so they're just out there and on the, on the borders, they're just, they're just like cat and mice, you know, they're going to get caught. They're going to be used. They're going to, they're going to, they're leaving their babies out there. It's just, it's on, just. Here cruel. we just heard they're
0: stuffing their babies with drugs. It's like crazy. Yeah. Caleb, you had a question?
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, I watched the film. I it, that was, it was just so I actually finished watching it about five minutes before the show began today. So yeah. I'm still just and kind of uh, almost, it's it's really intense to see this like, up close. Shaken. Yeah, it's very <laughs> it very like jarring there. And so one yeah. of the questions that I had had, so I'm I'm one of my I'm 34 now, and so the kids yeah. in my generation, we were raised with this very strong fear that there were these kidnappers or snatchers that were around every corner that were gonna pick you up and traffic you. Mm. But then years later, as I've seen you know, more documentaries and reports about this, it's turned out that that was just kind of like, almost like a, a newer form of satanic panic where it, it, mm. the truth was almost all of these infamous abductions that you hear about were just mentally unwell people that were acting alone, not really an organized group, mainly because abducting an American child is so risky for trafficking gangs that they would get caught it'd be in the media it'd it'd be a huge deal so i wonder what are the countries that are out there that are actually driving the highest demand for these black market organs and how are these sellers finding buyers especially because a lot of these buyers if i think about the people who would most likely need organs you're thinking of old i'm thinking of like older older wealthy people they don't know how to use the dark web so how are these, these yeah. sellers finding their buyers? How is this whole, thing, how does it work? What?
1: Well, a lot of it is, a lot of it, believe it or not, is done on the internet. Um, it's it, it, in Egypt that, as I mentioned earlier, is the organ harvesting capital of the world. I was clicking on something cause I was, it, I wanted to get the exact name right um, of this, uh, this, this uh, uh, track who set up this website in India. But in India, while that's popping up, I could talk about uh, Egypt, but uh, in Egypt, they're using things as simple as apps. They're using chat forms. They're using draft folders of emails where a trafficker will, you know, open up an email account and just work within the draft folder of that email. They're using social media. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, during the pandemic, the shutdown, uh, recruitment online increased 22%. I think on, let me pull up the statistic, on Facebook alone, there was a, 20, alone, there was a 25% increase of, of recruitment and a 95% increase on Instagram during the lockdown. These are proven statistics facts. Okay. So a lot of it is being done on the internet. It's done, it's being done in DM, uh, direct messaging on social media. It's done on other apps. It's done in chat rooms. It's done on emails. And and as far as the organ harvesting thing in Egypt, that's all they use. Right. Uh, now mm. in India and, 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 and That's what a lot of organ harvesting guys do internationally as well. In India, last year, and I'm reading this verbatim because this was something I came across in doing my research and reading and and, and preparing for the film, but um, online last year there was a Nigerian man in India named Gregory, I'm going to spell his name, Y-E-R-M-A-D-E-H, that ran an online kidney selling ring for three years before he was caught. He preyed on people in India mm-hmm. who were desperate and made a fortune. If you, if anybody wants to mm-hmm. you know, look into this, all they got to do is Google Nigerian man, Gregory Yer, just type in Gregory, Y-E-R, uh, India, uh, kidney selling ring. He created a website, and if my memory serves me right, that website was doubled as like a real estate site. And he was finding desperate people who were willing to sell their organs, and that's how it was happening. That wasn't on a dark web. And so the dark web is, I would hmm. say the dark web is used more in the U.S., right? Uh, more hmm. so than in other countries, because in other countries, there's not as much oversight as it relates right. to social media. Um, and there are these so many fake accounts. I get, I mean, how many times? I get fake messages every single day right. um, for right. different yeah. things to sign up for. And let's keep in mind that remember, back in the day, before the internet, what was used in the US? You go and walk it down the street, you look at a, a telephone box or you look at a, 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 a light pole, and there's like a flyer, take a take a number and call modeling agency. Right. Come, and, and if you were looking for a modeling job, that was used to a certain extent too for not all like not, not like, I don't wanna say like 100% of it, or right. like a random number, but people did use that in a way to lure girls to certain places for abductions mm. and other things. Now I'm not saying it's, it's like, it was like widespread, like a million girls a day that was happening to, but there was right. a fraction where that was happening to. Social media is so vast, right? so wide. The internet in general, and these people know how to work. This guy who I just mentioned, Gregory, he was a computer science engineer. He knew how yeah. to engineer websites to do this mm. kind of that's,
2: stuff. That's so the again, unfortunate thing is they know what they're doing. Yeah. It, it's these cyber security, yeah. They know how to hide it. And so it's, are they, are the, typically is it the sellers that are seek like they are looking for buyers or do they like, do they already basically have, they have their, the, the product, unfortunately it's like they have the organs that are ready and they're searching for buyers all the time. Are they like searching through like getting hospital records of who has money and is looking for this? Or is it the buyers that are searching out the sellers in some way?
1: it's a combination of both so it's and it's also like water mouth right so if you if if, for example in india what was happening in this particular organ harvesting ring when people when somebody showed up with money hey i got and a scar on it hey i got x amount of dollars and right. they're in that low caste system or they're in poverty what are they going to do so i just want right. to ask how to get oh i gave up this kidney okay how can i put me in connection with this person right so now a database is being collected on the other end there's once that website that this guy Gregory set up is up and running. He has a collection point for people to reach out. So people right. who were in need of kidneys, they had a point of connection. And obviously, he was connected to other people in India as well. Again, right. this was another multi-million-dollar organ harvesting ring that was uncovered. And so it's 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 it, so there's there's three, and that's another thing. I right. There's three facets to the organ harvesting side of things, right? You have the people who are willing and desperate, right? Like. Like I mentioned the story in Costa Rica. Um, you know, I mentioned India, I mentioned you know, uh, uh, Egypt. Africa is a big, you know, right. big area for organ harvesting, right? So you have the people who are desperate and willingly selling an organ. That's one facet. Another facet you have are people who are tricked. Okay, right. there's another story out of India where a woman, and I, I think I shared this when I was on your podcast, Dr. Drew, there was a, a woman who was in a low caste system and and she received the message there's a job for you I'm, I'm kind of condensing the story for the sake of time there's a job opportunity for you in new delhi uh just come here we'll put you in an apartment she went to new delhi this is all open source this story it was international news she goes to new delhi to this apartment her her uh employer i said that in air quotes told her in order for you to start work but you gotta remember just the ideas like somebody saying hey you hit the lottery right like this is right. the mindset of some of these people because they're so or. In right. order for you to start work, you need to go get a medical checkup tomorrow. She goes to get a medical checkup, right? She gets undressed. She overhears the nurse tell a doctor mm-hmm. in the other room, this girl is giving up these particular organs. Because human trafficking is mm-hmm. a big thing in India in and of itself, as well as China, as well as Africa, so many places, you know, because she was aware of the organ harvesting mm-hmm. and human trafficking issues in India, she knew what that was about. Got dressed, boogied out, reported the clinic and the employer to the police. The police raided the clinic and uncovered a multi-million dollar organ harvesting ring that had been going on for years. Okay? So that's another fact. The other facets that I touch on, that the film touches on is are the force. People who are abducted and forced. And and as I said, I don't want to give away too much. What I'm gonna do uh, when I post the film tonight, I'm gonna put, I'm gonna put something, I already wrote it up, it's called true backstory. Where I break down the backstory of where these, these victims have came from in this in the film's mm-hmm. particular story, and I put a link to actual an actual article that breaks it all down and UN's involvement in the Congress so people can see that this stuff is real. This is not fake. But my film focuses on wow. people who are abducted and taken from right. force, So this stuff does happen. Sorry for cutting you off.
2: No, no, no. That it's just it's so wild. And I think that it, part of it is because. It's so shocking that it's a multi-billion dollar industry. And I I realized that it's so shocking because... Any, everyone on the screen here and all, everybody that's listening, we don't associate with the types of people that can do this. Like our, these aren't our friends. These aren't our family. We don't know them. And so we can't even imagine just the depravity and evil here, especially Drew, who's like a doctor, imagining how many medical doctors have to be involved in this whole thing to do the surgeries, to do the transplants. Like there yeah, are actual the medical that doctors that I, with I degrees find. that are a part of it. Stunning. And I, I, it's, I think Stunning. I will also that people, they... Everybody is against human trafficking, but I don't think that they realize that a part of fighting human trafficking is fighting against poverty because people who are in poverty get desperate. And then that's that's what creates this. Like there's there's always- The the other thing-
1: Sorry, sorry, you brought up a great point that I brought up, sorry for cutting you guys off, in my talk this weekend. Traffickers prey on the vulnerable. The, The people who are the most at risk to become traffic victims, are people who are vulnerable, people who live in poverty, people who don't have parents. Those are the, those are the people who are most likely to become victims. of all. And so you brought up a great point. One of the ways to deal with this is to, in some way, deal with poverty, you know, and, not, and not just here, in America, but in like worldwide. Which I don't know the solution to that, but that's one way to combat human trafficking. And I hate to use human trafficking, because that's the PC word, slavery.
2: Right. I, I mm-hmm. thank you for what you're doing. This is, I'm, I'm just, I'm shocked. And it's, I, I just, I remember, I remember the shock that I felt after I, I, I watched, I forget which it was an overseas documentary. It was in a different language with subtitles that I had to watch that really opened my eyes to I, It's. I, I don't have to be so fearful of being kidnapped over here because Everyone lives in such fear overseas because it happens so much. They prey on people who don't have voices. They prey on people who aren't on social media right. and who are living in poverty. Right. So it's, uh, thank you for everything right. that you're doing. This is an amazing film.
4: Yeah.
0: Yes. And uh, two things, I uh, I I guarantee you, Caleb will be on the link this evening, reading the article that talks about the, the truth of the story. Yeah. Number one, you can find yeah. him there tonight at nine o'clock Pacific. My email Let's see you right now. Uh,
3: Right, you know, so yeah. a of <laughs> I also think that Americans and I'm gonna bring it back to America again because I don't think that we're immune yeah. to this situation. We're not. We just I heard at about all. a Mavericks. I think, a, a maverick. Right. Game. Yeah. I think the more desperate we yeah. become when the stock market falls, yeah. when people are, you know, losing money and people are just trying to survive after COVID and stuff and the nefarious stuff that can start building up from mm-hmm. the bottom. And mm-hmm. I it just I'm it's sort of a warning signal, you know, that mm-hmm. we have to yeah. You know, be very careful. Yeah. Very careful. Yeah, look, there's a lot of agree, kids yeah, left who haven't yeah. gone
0: back to school.
1: Yep, I agree with you 100. Two things on that note. One is a story that came out national news about two weeks ago. This woman, she was in Walmart and uh, she was in the aisle looking looking at shoes with her. I think her 12 year old daughter and and she had went online prior to that and studied the signs, and symptoms. Of somebody who seems to be a trafficker and she looked up from the shoes and there was a guy who was in the end of the aisle like behind another like table of shoes and he had his camera up in a very conspicuous way and he had been recording her oh yeah so she pulled out her yeah, phone yeah. and started recording him and uh he ran off well she recorded him for a period of time because he kept recording her and her daughter she was actually, he was actually recording her daughter and she reported it to the, to the manager of, of the walmart the police came She should sent them, the police, the video. Police walked, they were able to identify the guy had just been released from prison, class one sex trafficker, sex offender. He had raped and molested underage girl, right? So this does happen in America. That's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, is the biggest consumer of child pornography in the world, which is pornography that is developed, produced and created with trafficked victims, are Americans. We drive the demand, and when I say we, I don't mean me. We drive the demand for content that's created with sex trafficked victims, whether that's child content, and even pornographic content. Porn Pornhub is known for having potentially trafficked victims on their site. Same thing. A lot of people think that they're watching OnlyFans and certain people, and they think it's innocent or watching certain porn. And they have these porn addictions and they think, oh, I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not doing anything. But do you know that the person on the other end of the screen may be a traffic victim? And you're funding this activity. So, you know, America drives the demand. And I can't really speak on the numbers as it relates to organ harvesting, how much we drive the demand. But we know from a statistical standpoint that we drive the demand for content that's developed and created with sex traffic victims, specifically children as well. We're the biggest consumer of it. Americans, so this problem is here. Terrible. We are contributing to it.
0: Well, I can't thank you enough for the project. Let's get all the stuff out there. I again. love your passion. Yeah, the f- uh, go to where should we go to see the film tonight? Give me the, again the specifics.
3: YouTube. Uh, mm,
1: go to, uh, go the to website. YouTube. Um, yeah, go to you can go to YouTube. Remy Adelake is my YouTube channel. Uh, if you have a hard time finding that, you could just go to my Instagram, uh, uh, and on my Instagram, it's the link in the bio, to my YouTube channel page. Or if you, you know, if it's hard for you to spell my name, let me and just go to YouTube and search the Unexpected Film by, and just put the Unexpected Film, and it'll pop up. There might be some other stuff that pops up called the Unexpected, but you'll eventually get yeah. to it when you'll see that poster that's been up here on the screen.
0: And if you're just listening, it's R-E-M-I-A-D-E-L-E-K-E. A-D-E-L-E-K-E. Remy, again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, It'll be fun to go out and uh, see how the world receives us in January. Uh, And there is the unexpected. Check it out. Uh, Be sure to check out the article. After you've watched the film, you're going to be compelled to sort of go deeper into the real story and what you can do. Thank you for spending time with us, my friend, and uh, hope to see you very soon.
1: Hey, thank you, Dr. Drew. Uh thank you, Mrs. I'm um, always pronouncing your last name. up. Pinsky.
0: Pinsky. Pinsky. I know I, I screw yeah, your I right name hey, it's I, like mean, I, I you, I screw your last name up too, so it's all it's all I, good. Mrs. <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm sorry. This is a military thing. so I'm sorry, Susan. I just missed I know. The I know. Susan it's military. okay. <laughs> but uh, thank you for having me on. Caleb, thank you for having me on. God bless you. Much love. Thank you for helping me get the word out about this film, about this important topic. And there you go. Time and to next. pay the man. Whoever, whoever, <laughs> doesn't, watch the, whoever <laughs> doesn't watch the film, I'm going to make sure they pay the man.
0: <laughs> That's right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> All right, sir. Thank you so much.
3: We and, will all follow you and stay in touch.
0: And uh, Yes, for sure. Uh, and Casey, I know you're putting the, um, the all the uh, uh, credits up, but I wanted to spend a few minutes, if you don't mind, because I always like to kind of recap what we've been doing here with all the different interviews we've had this week and last week. And uh, if you'll give, do I have a few minutes to do that, do you mind?
2: Oh yes. Oh no. I you said Casey, so I thought I, I didn't know you were talking to me. I'm sorry. Caleb. Did I say Casey?
0: Caleb. <laughs> right. I beg your pardon. I also I think in Casey. The reason Casey was in my mind is I want to get to the calls and take a couple of yeah. calls also, because um, I'm assuming they're going to be calls in the sort of COVID area. So
3: or hopefully about this. or
0: not. Yeah. I mean, we we I think we did a thorough job on, on this one. Um,
3: Good so, guy. Oh, yeah. How could you stop? I couldn't stop.
0: Talking to him? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, listen. I
3: wanted more. I know. Uh, forget about then, that. I, then, I, Susan,
0: yeah. <laughs> go to my website. Go to the the Dr. Drew podcast, and you can have an hour and a half with him and he's I. He's
3: not as cute in a podcast. He's, a, okay. he's fun to watch, and he's so smart. And... I appreciated you having him on. Okay. Uh, Thanks for letting us right. have him as a guest. Of course, of
0: course. Oh no, I'll do anything for the guy because he, he needs he, to
3: come back once the the show airs too. For sure, we're gonna fun. bring
0: everybody back through here once that show goes on the air and let everyone talk about their experiences and stuff. To the extent we may have to wait till the, I don't know how many episodes it's gonna be, but it probably be the middle of March before it all airs. So we might have to wait all the way till then to get everybody in here to. Sort of
3: I, know, talk about I know, I know. It'll be okay. We'll figure but, it out.
0: In uh, any event, so Dr. Bhattacharya yesterday, and uh, we had Ed Dowd, I believe, last week. Let me double-check that. Isn't that who we talked to last week? Um, oh, no, we were out of town last week was the issue. It was Ed Dowd the week before? We week. Was it last week? Yeah, it was from New York. That's right. That's right. Uh, and so I, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, sort of way I'm thinking about things and what I think we've learned, and I'll take a couple calls also, which is, that is just increasingly clear. I don't know if you noticed when I was talking to Dr. Bhattacharya, we had what I'm convinced was a Chinese operative on our Rumble rant. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind that's what that was. What he was championing, what he was saying repeatedly on the stream here, if you guys that were on the Rumble rant yesterday noticed him, was he was espousing these over-the-top declaratives of uh, of, of uh, the, uh, the virtues of lockdowns. And they were so crazy and over-the-top, it, it was... Like, clear to me that it was not somebody that uh, is, is from here or who's been thinking about this. It was just some sort of a a bot who was just repeating. Shouting it. in caps. Well, not all in caps. And the point being is when I called it out as a Chinese operative, it just stopped, which I think was fascinating. <laughs> Uh, secondly, it was not someone who was watching the show because we were talking about how the fact that the World Health Organization and our own public health officials were persuaded by voices like that. That is that is the thing that in the in the setting of all the panic and the uncertainty that they heard people talking like that of the uh, over-the-top virtues of locking down a society. That was – I don't know if that was done intentionally to, to really – cripple everybody or if that was well-meaning but whatever it was the people in power were grotesquely persuaded by people that had no business having a voice even in this situation and that there was more to be done i'm reading a book by a guy named woolhouse it's called the year the world went mad talking about doing localized sorts of containment which is what we had always done and what we will always do, I trust, but will not if we don't look back on this and are very critical of the mistakes we've made. But there's ways to sort of protect vulnerable populations. There's ways to get the vaccine out to the vulnerable. We should have done exactly that with monkeypox because we are so inebriated with the notion of equity. We literally don't, we're not able to call out the the risk groups so we can protect them. We must let that go. I will just point out again that if you have three cases with COVID, you have a 20-year-old male, you have a 45-year-old beast diabetic, and you have an 85-year-old female. There's no way you're going to get the same outcome in all three cases. That's not how medicine works. There is going to be three different outcomes, three different biologies, three different natural histories. It's just how it works. So to be obsessed with equity in a setting where there is Diversity of biology and an infinitely complex circumstance, you can't have that as the sole prism through which you see things. You can have a goal of equity of distribution of resources for sure, we should always have that. but to to have equity of outcome as a a some sort of um blinded um, priority, so many people are going to get hurt, and we we effectively did that. The data is just still rolling in. On how much harm we we did, let me bring a, it's a jo-
3: communist plot, dear. I, no,
0: I don't know what it was, but ooh, it, ooh. it it hurt people immensely, immensely. What's up,
2: drew? Would you call that Caleb, equity, Caleb. Uber equity Uber
0: Alice uber Ubralis. so it was safety <laughs> uber Alice, equity Ubralis, vaccine Ubralis. but but it the reason i I am uh, so uh, vocal about the the prism through which they see you know unidimensional approach. That's never okay in medicine. Never, ever, ever. It's how you hurt people without taking in the totality of the context and the risk-reward of anything you do. When I was teaching medicine, that was the thing I pounded into the, the residents all the time. Like, the, Defend your decision. Tell me why you made it. Have a backup plan. And you better be able to have both and be very clear about them. If you just did it because you were focused on you know, treating Aspirus, Keith, and that's all you concerned yourself with and not the totality of the patient circumstance. I, I had no patience with that. Jody, what's going on? You have to unmute yourself. I see you.
5: Hi, Dr. Hey, Drew. There. Thank you so much for having me up. Anybody? Caleb, um, thank you as well. I just sent you a bunch of DMs. Um Hi. so I really appreciate um the topic, Dr. Drew. We're a little engine that could uh non-for profit, apes for change, and um one our next project actually is on human trafficking so i was very very excited to um get the opportunity to see you i I follow you and follow all your spaces so i'm usually in here but this one was especially you know to the heart for us because it's such a huge problem and and some the president and vice president of our non-for-profit were able to speak with someone from um underground operation underground railroad so
0: so tell tell us where people can go tell us more about your project where they can go to learn more
5: um, so if anybody wants to follow its apes for change, um, I don't know how to like post in the nest. <laughs> sorry. Right. I'm a little illiterate when it comes to that. but I sent everything to Caleb, actually okay. um a ton a ton of information. So if you guys could get that out as well, um we're we're really making good strides. we We have a whole community of. Activists, um, is it, retail is it, investors. Is
0: it the number yep. four or is it F O R?
5: It's Apes for Change, APES, the number four. Number
0: four. Okay. Got it.
5: Apes for Change. Got it. And uh, we've done a, a bunch of really, really, really cool projects and we're going to change the world, Dr. Drew, one project at a time. Right. <laughs> but, I, you know, I just, I, when I saw the human trafficking, that's our next um, project right. that we're, into right now and uh hopefully we can bring more awareness to this so beautiful thank you so much i'm gonna i'm gonna not take up all your time but thank you for that and dr drew i love you
0: thanks jody appreciate your work keep doing it my dear uh this is uh, uh, uh aaron let's get aaron up here see what aaron has to say to us we'll try to get some calls in uh aaron what's up aaron hello hey there hey we do Oh, I called you a while back about my wife and her oxygen problem and stuff. But I had a second question I get to ask you last time. Okay. And I was wanting to ask what you think about Adam's theory about, like, being around dirt and whatnot. (laughs) Well, We live on a farm, (laughs) and me and my kids are always messing with the animals, and then I work construction also. Yeah. And, like... We all live in a small kind of house. So yeah. when we get sick, we all get sick. Of course. But my wife always gets the worst of it. Mm-hmm. And me and the kids don't really get that sick. Mm. And I was wondering what you think about like being around we have hogs and cows and dogs yeah. and cats and all right. okay. the whole thing. So so here here's really it, it's an it's a little bit more nuanced than Adam presents it. What, what Adam has this sewer rat philosophy about strengthening our immune system and our overall constitutional system, and uh, Caleb is laughing. To some extent, that's right. We need to be exposed to a certain amount of pathogens. We need to gain immunity. We need to see viruses. We need to see allergens. Our immune system needs to be sort of conditioned to all that. Now, we don't need to see anthrax and brucella and really serious illnesses and trichin- trich- uh, um Trichuria trichuris and things that farm animals get. We don't, No, you don't need that because that will make you really, really sick. And your wife, if I remember, has some chronic underlying conditions. So exposing her to anything that can decompensate that is sort of a different story than just saying, hey, we want to expose young and developing systems to allergens and pathogens. But that doesn't mean we want them to get septic scarlet fever. That doesn't mean we want them to get tuberculosis, right? There's a happy medium here. I think the really what he's advocating against is protecting people too completely from everything. Being raised in a bubble is not a so-called healthy way to be. He doesn't be.
3: use soap. If you live on a farm, you have to use soap.
0: Yes, you do, and and so and there are. But he doesn't live on a farm either. Right? Exactly. And so there's a lot of stuff that you you know kind of it's kind of healthy to get exposed to. But it's a it's not right. a, it's Kids
3: not... need to get sick. But there is a there's an upper bacteria. limit to that. You don't no, want to go true. too crazy. And with it that. depends on the person too. Yeah.
0: So you don't want to be eating, you know. You just, I think just...
3: he's probably having a fight with his wife over who's who's not being clean enough. And... <laughs>
0: okay. Tay, what's going on? Tay. <laughs> I see you there. You're unmuted, but we don't we can't hear your voice yet.
3: Hey. Ah, shoot. Ote. Ote. I don't see them as a speaker.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm going to try solution here. So...
3: Ta-ta, Tay-Tay.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Solution, what's up? You see that one, Caleb? Oh, there we are. Solution. Hello. Hey there.
2: Yes, hey. Hey, Dr. Drew. And I loved your soul back in the day. Love Line was one of my favorite shows to watch. Um, Thank you. I had a question, though. I, I feel like, you know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the world. And, and I know that the, this child trafficking is probably the biggest thing in my mind that mm. I see wrong with this world. Mm. Um, and the whole Epstein thing mm-hmm. and all the people that's connected to him. Is there is there anything that we could do as a as a group to try to get this information into the right hands?
0: Th- this being what we were just talking about today, or yeah,
2: you know, well, I'll tell they, you tell you what well. I would do.
0: Tell you what I would. Do. I, I I I am not sure I fully grasp where this lives, and you know what to do about it yet. And I I and what's I, the
3: black web?
0: Well, that's the
3: Caleb the, has to explain that. That's the
0: everyone. onion router. You don't. you like, don't You don't want to know. Uh, right. Am I right about that, Caleb? The TOR, yeah, ex- the onion
2: router. Exactly. Wow. Drew, I'm actually impressed. Wow. Yeah. Susan, you, there's, mm-hmm. there's nothing good can come of it unless you're like, yeah, you're there, like, in there's a, a, there's a, a large press government that you need to escape.
0: Right. There's a huge part of the web, bigger than the part we actually use that is available to sort of governments and intelligence agencies And then people find their way onto it and traffic drugs and people and all kinds of horrible stuff, guns. And it's just a horrible place. And uh, Mike Cathroyd, you spent a little time on there. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That's how I found out about it. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, But uh, so I I would tell you to follow Eliza Blue. Does Eliza have her Twitter handle? Susan, do you know what it is offhand? because uh, eliza blue just eliza
3: she's, eliza knows maybe uh, i don't know she's I, very involved i texted her today i tried to get her to come on um twitter spaces she, she is a
0: great source of uh guidance and inflammation and really sort of up. makes it her business to help connect people that want to do something so i, I would go over to eliza's I, I am no chart. expert in this and so i i would send you to people i know that are really doing a lot of work with this so i would say that Okay, so, guys, uh, I will wrap this up here. Uh, let's talk about what's coming up next week. I know we have, uh, let's see here. Mm, I have to travel next week. Monday, mm, what are we doing Monday? Is somebody coming in here? Guys? Didn't Taking I see calls. Michaela Peterson coming no, in?
3: No, she can't come back till November.
0: Oh, my God oh no that I makes know. me so mad
3: i know that I makes know. We me almost very
0: very very angry i know oh. uh all right because we...
3: she yeah i know it all wasn't right. her fault though it was a scheduling well,
0: mix-up she was ready no it was not her fault yeah that that's my point we had her booked and now we lost her for months eliza
3: blue b-l-e-u
0: b-l-e-u is it yeah okay. yeah blue, i put it B-L-E-U. on screen Eliza blue okay
3: she's oh you did <laughs> I'm so slow, Caleb. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. It's I maybe she's leaving the country or something. Who knows? But she
0: has her own stuff. She's doing, of course. Yeah. So. And are we yeah. having the schedule for Wednesday her. with Kelly?
3: Yeah. Wednesday we have a show. We Tuesday we have a show. Tuesday we're going to do take callers and we can do, we can take calls on Monday too if, if right. Caleb's up for it.
0: I'm up for that. Uh, but I'm wondering, have we got any potential guests coming in on Wednesday we can talk about? Cause I know he, he I don't
3: know yet. Yeah, I don't have that. We input. don't have that book yet. Okay. i
0: yeah, currently we're working on, on getting a we're getting a fertility or actually a women's biology expert in here, who has some increasing some interesting data on uh, the vaccine. Yeah. Now this was a whole thing about the breast milk, the mRNA, but the breast milk. I don't know what to make of all that yet. I need to talk to somebody who really has some updated data on what's going on here. And what what do we need to be worried about? What do we not be worried about? And so still, I think, I think I'm think i going to try to zero in a little more on vaccine therapies. Uh, as I said, I'm still vaccinating the over 65 and certainly the over 75-year-olds. Most of my patients have been waiting on Omicron, interestingly. Most of them either had Omicron or want to see what the experience is in humans, which thus far seems okay. Uh, I'm convinced that them having had Omicron gives them better immunity than the uh, than the vaccine itself, and that was something I kind of Maybe we should get Monica Gandhi back in here too. Yeah, for
3: sure. Yeah, I think it's So good. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, Caleb, can you do that?
2: Uh, I'll look at my days. calendar uh, off the air. I'll I'll check on it, but I'm I'm pretty sure. I know at least Tuesday, Wednesday okay. for
3: sure.
0: And we okay, are Kido. also out on Getter G E T T R dot yeah, com. Yeah, we had a right. few
3: people over there.
0: Okay. Okay. Yep. Oh, it's your me new, new profile. Let me look it's, at the restream. See if you have any. Getter you you have com any slash
2: user slash Dr. Drew. Oh, it's G-E-T-T-R dot
3: com slash
2: U-S-E-R slash D-R-D-R-E-W.
3: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Why have influenza B cases plummeted? Uh, they think it's because of the uh, behavioral changes associated with COVID. That's what we think. Uh, all the influenza drop-off has been thought to be due to that. But uh, the question I believe, I believe, and I don't have any evidence for this, but I just think it just makes sense to me. I, I talked about this early in the pandemic. There's, there's sort of an ecology around viruses. In other words, much like on a savanna, you'd have certain predators push out other predators. I think viruses compete in some way and they can outcompete compete each other. And when they do, uh, other viruses drop down. That tends to happen during a pandemic. So I th- feel like there's some ecology there. Might just all be our behavior, but why? Why would why would it be so far down and unable to, con- we were unable to control COVID really at all, and yet we drop influenza, that doesn't make sense to me fully. So I wanna see some data on that. We are concerned that there could be a very serious influenza outbreak this year, so make sure to get your flu vaccines. If you're 65 and bu- above, get the full I haven't gotten one yet. I know I haven't either, I'll bring them home. I gotta remember to bring them you got, uh We still get the lower dose one. Not quite at the big daddy doses yet. We'll be there soon. <laughs> uh uh, somebody wants i've had to, one every year and i do ever get the flu talk about uh scott adams and fentanyl what would you like me to talk about fentanyl it's in everything it's a catastrophe oh yeah
3: the nerds what about the nerds? they found them in kids uh candy it's everywhere nerds it's, it's, yeah. they found it in mm. which is ridiculous they I, I,
2: What's oh that? yeah i i, I hear I, that that i, I hear was about a bo- that every was year a bo- that was a bogus
4: well it was a bogus story
2: uh, nobody's going to be putting their expensive drugs into your kids candy so it it, that's like a very 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 small worry (laughs) i would another thing that they made me afraid of as a child was that everyone was putting drugs and razor blades in all of our candy razor blades snatchers razor
0: blades in your yeah it never happened uh yeah it's funny
3: when i when my kids were little and we lived like in a cul-de-sac and you know in a little little housing area you know kind of up here in the hills of Glendale. And I used to remember like never seeing any kids outside, you know, like Mm -hmm. riding their bikes or playing or doing anything, like a bunch of kids living there, but nobody would let their kids go outside. I always found that to be very strange because I grew up in a time when you would just go outside all day and then come home. Mm -hmm. And um, so I get it. I mean, people were seriously afraid. And I mean, you have to be, I guess. Your mother made was super paranoid about super you. Super paranoid. She he wasn't allowed to go outside.
0: No, I did anyway. I just did <laughs> get on my bike and go.
3: But I mean, I I guess now your kids will be kidnapped more more often, so it's probably smart. I don't know. I I hate to see that. Kids All right, let, let me look fun. at the rumble rant. Try to answer
0: your questions. Are uh, got the flu shot? Didn't get the flu. Did get the flu? Yeah, it's not hundred percent effective. Yeah. Uh, and you can't get the flu from the vaccine because there's no virus in it. I think also there's no now, real virus. since we've
3: all worn masks for so long, our immune systems are weaker, so it's probably better to get the flu shot.
0: Well, that's what they're saying. Because
3: once it goes out, it's just right. Gonna...
0: That's the concern: is that it's going to be a, a like really on nasty airplanes. Flu and stuff. We'll see. Uh, and uh, over at Berkeley, the University of California, Berkeley, if you didn't get your flu shot, you have to wear a mask. <laughs> But don't worry about wearing a helmet riding when you ride a bike. A bike. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about a helmet when you're riding a bike though, because that's that's that would be foolish. Oh yeah. So the the again the um, inability to contextualize risk and re- relative to other serious risks, this is just wow. Uh, maybe I don't know. All right. So anyway, uh, we'll be back in here on. <laughs> what? Monday. This is Thursday. Monday. Back on Monday. Well, we're
3: going to check Caleb's calendar, but check hopefully it. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday,
0: and uh, we'll maybe a little bit late on Monday if we come in on and we'll Monday. take
3: all your calls because you guys have the best shows.
0: Yeah. We love doing calls.
3: Yeah. All right. We Thank love you so much. your questions. And
0: we'll see you all then. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.